0: Welcome to Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. This is Philip Goldberg. Uh, and if you're a regular listener, you're wondering where's Dennis? Dennis usually opens the show and introduces the guest. This is, uh, unfortunately, Dennis is traveling and couldn't make it. And we did not want to reschedule. So I'm doing this one by myself. And my guest is in Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates. I'm in Los Angeles and we connect via Skype with Iman Al Zabi. Iman is a spiritual teacher, facilitator, and transformational coach whose work is inspired by the spirituality of Islam. And she's the author of a new book called The Art of Surrender, A Practical Guide to Enlightened Happiness and Well-Being. Welcome Iman. Thank you,
1: Phil, for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: It's a pleasure. I'm very interested in hearing or having your, our, our uh, listeners uh, hear a bit about your background. Uh, you're from Abu Dhabi and uh, you now have this book, and your, uh, your own spiritual biography from what I've read is fascinating. Can you give us a brief Sort of a personal history of your own spiritual life and how you came to uh, the conclusions that led to the art of surrender.
1: Yeah. Um, so, as you would know, I'm a, a typical Muslim Arab Muslim woman who's raised here um, in a traditional, let's say, Muslim, you know, uh, family. Um, as I'm being raised. Islam was pretty much dominant in our environment and 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 to me that was a blessing. but as I grew um, as I grew up, I started to explore more and more into my life um, but you know growing up, I was like kind of breached all the time by my sisters saying to me what is wrong and what is right and where I should go and what I should do and how I should dress. Um, And so the environment and the society had kind of dictated what I should be doing. But inside of me, there's this girl who wants to explore, wants to, you know, be free to think and do whatever she wants to do. Um, And so there was not so much of conflict in terms of the outer uh, actions that I took, but it was more like an internal conflict that I lived. Um, So after I got married, I kind of, went into the trap of you know postpartum depression and, and that lasted for about seven years and and I had like panic disorder anxiety disorder and and depression and it was like living hell you know um, I don't know if you've experienced a panic attack before but you know what it feels like it feels like dying in the moment mm. and I had like about two or three of those in a day and so there, there was like this huge you know, signal from my my soul saying to me, hey, there's something wrong here. You're not doing the right thing. Um, So after that, I knew I had to find a solution. So I went to a psychiatrist who kind of prescribed medication as you would normally have them do. Um, But I remember telling him, you know, I have these thoughts and I don't know how to control them. And he says, you know, tell them to stop. And the moment he said that, I knew that my answer did not lie in the medical industry i had to find it somewhere else that was like you know you 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 will only prescribe more medication and you prescribe additional medication to control the side effects of the medications you gave me and it was a vicious cycle i couldn't get out and so i had to find my answers so um i a friend of mine told me about an energy healing workshop and i was like skeptical skeptical of the whole thing and Um, The next thing I know, a voice inside of me said, you know, you should try it. You should go. Um, And so I did. And the minute I did, a new world opened to me, the the world of of personal empowerment, the world of, you know, self-healing. And I was like at it like anything. I researched it. It was like a sea of knowledge. And of course, if you know people who love to learn, it was like me, I, I just took it as... You know uh, like a sponge and you know as I did that I developed a lot of mastery in into energy healing modalities into understanding how energy works and, and you know uh, and I went into quantum physics and, and understood how you know theories that are behind the energy um, how they function as well so as you do that um, in that in that realm, of course, my sisters kind of started to feel like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it seems to us that you're distancing yourself from your own religion as you do this. Um, and so I knew back then, you know, they might be right and they might be wrong. So um, I had to inquire and really ask deep and true questions of myself, where am I going? And of course, I did borderline to understanding and, and kind of working with occult a little bit, and, uh, and that, not that, that I did it, but it was my, more like ignorantly going in that direction, um, and so my sisters kind of brought me down, and you, you'll read that story in the book, of course I talk about it, but you know I knew I, I was on a journey to discover something, which is to really purify what it means to be spiritual, and how do you take charge of your own spiritual journey.
0: Iman, um, during all this, you're in Abu Dhabi. You're a mm-hmm. woman. Most of us think of Arab cultures as very uh, circumscribed. Um, now, I've never been to Abu Dhabi, but I have been to Dubai. And mm-hmm. uh, I think people who go to the places like that are surprised by how uh, diverse oh. they are and how open they are.
1: Um,
0: did you have... Uh, Good access to the information you were seeking out, and were you in? Did you have any encouragement?
1: I really had no issues, Phil. I think a lot of people have this misconception that women are somewhat oppressed here, mm-hmm. um, and that's not true. I mean, I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do at any time. Um, my husband is not kind of locking me in the house and, and just making sure that I don't go out. That's not, that's not the way it is. Uh, there is a huge misconception. Uh, women here are actually in, in um, the courtroom. You'll find women here in, uh, um, you know, in the um, sports. You'll find them uh, flying airplanes. You'll find them you know, fighting in the war. They're everywhere. So there's no such restriction. It's just a misconception. And, uh, it might be the case in Saudi Arabia and that probably yeah. is trickling to us, but that's not the case here.
0: Right. So and, and what about access to uh, books or anything else you might have uh, sort, sought out? Is that were they re- readily available to? You?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're pretty much like any cosmopolitan you know, country. It's just like mm. you know, we, we have all access. There's no
0: limitation here. Very good. And when and you,
1: the first books actually I read was of Louise Hay. You can heal your life. <laughs> that was one of the books that I had started to read.
0: Very good. Um, my uh, ed- editors at Hay House will be happy to hear that. When um, when you uh, essentially returned or rediscovered uh, anew um, your own uh, spiritual heritage. Um, was there any particular element of of uh, Islam or uh, um, one uh, segment of the uh, umbrella of Islam that you were drawn to or that you drew from
1: sure I think hmm. I'm mostly drawn to so people who are very much conservative in any religion um, are pretty much on the borders they, they're they're trying to protect themselves and people from making a mistake and so they're they're always like there they're unable to let themselves feel and what I was seeking basically is to have that sense and experience of God as well as adhering to his um, how should I say, commands. We're adhering to his, um, his principles as per the Quran and as per the Prophet Muhammad. So to me, the, there is that, that joint force in which you have an experience of God and you have a following of religion. And, and, and religion and spirituality are actually two sides of the same coin. That's how I see them. I don't see a separation between the two. Religion gives you the vehicle by which you can experience the divine as well. So that's um, that's been my experience.
0: Most people in the West, when mm-hmm. they think of uh, the uh, sort of experiential um, mystical elements of Islam, they think of Sufism. Right. Uh, did you draw from the Sufi traditions?
1: Not at all. No. It's weird because a lot of people think I am a Sufi, but I'm not. Nothing ah. to do with Sufism. I'm actually sort of, um, I have my own, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, flags around Sufism. So it's not something that I, um, I draw, drew from or engaged in. But ah. it's weird because Sufism talks about the mystical aspect yeah. of, of Islam. But it's, how should I say this? Generally speaking, and just so that everybody is clear, that in Islam, a lot of scholars see that Sufism is actually, um, is not a true uh, representation of Islam. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so they kind of want to denounce that. Um, So in, in, in my experience, it's been like, okay, where do I bring in the spiritual and the mystical element? Mm-hmm. And the more I read the Quran it's like all over the place. The more mm-hmm. I kind of engage in the in why and the what and the how I find that path to. And you know, the art of surrender does not talk about Islam. It doesn't tell you what Islam no, is. It doesn't. it doesn't not at <laughs> all. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's why I'm asking these questions. You drew you drew uh, from a lot of different sources.
1: Right, right. Plus what I call, you know, there there are two kinds of knowledge, right? There is concrete knowledge, like what you had for dinner last night, or how many brothers and sisters do you have. This is concrete knowledge. And then there is the abstract knowledge. And to me, we're all, you know, able to draw from what I call the abstract knowledge. It's the knowledge of the truth and, and perceiving truth and i advocate for inquiry inquiry to me was the number one tool in which i was able to draw in that kind of sense and abstract knowledge and really accumulate as much as i can my perception of who god is and how do i move in what my soul is what her needs are what is her path and and, and all of these elements in terms of you know my well-being and and how should i thrive how can i thrive in this world while i acknowledge
0: you know, God and his oneness. Iman, let's uh, segue to uh, your book, The Art of Surrender. Mm -hmm. Now we've been talking about your Islamic background. uh, From what I understand, Islam actually means surrender. And is that correct? Correct. And yes. so tell us what you, why you chose that title and what you mean by surrender. Because surrender is a, a rather complex term that uh, triggers a lot of things in people.
1: True, yeah. So surrender is is not a thing you do in crisis. And surrender is not something you kind of like mentally conceive and, and say, okay, I'm going to, let go now. Surrender is basically the true state of every human soul. If you see the birds in the sky and when you see the, the, the trees in the forest and when you see the animals doing their thing, they're very much in a state of surrender, right? And it's it's us human who have ability to, to be conscious and to know past from present from future that we are unable to kind of Be in that state of flow, of surrender, to to have that. So the book talks about how to get to that state of total and complete surrender. And to get there, it's not something like, you know, through a a spiritual encounter or an incident. It's pretty much about knowing who you are and, and getting that kind of awareness in place. And then moving into understanding your spiritual context, who God is, and and why am I here, and what is the purpose of life, and what are the rules by which life operates. And then, you know, how do I find truth? How do I find my path? And then you move into the journey of surrendering by finding, um, knowing, uh, aligning with, and surrendering to the divine. So I kind of give you the pathway by which you 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 go about your spiritual quest in life.
0: And in your four stages, as you see them, of the spiritual journey, surrender is actually the fourth. Um, Mm -hmm. And you say in the book that uh, surrender uh, takes courage. What, What do you mean by that?
1: Because surrender is a way of life, right? It's all about acknowledging that the divine exists and acknowledging that he's by your side. And to wake up every morning knowing that you are cared for, that you are protected, that you don't need to be in a worry state, right, as I used to be. And so surrender requires a lot of courage from our part as human selves, this self that is ego-driven, to kind of hand over the the, uh, the flag, if you will, <laughs> to your <laughs> spiritual self and allow her, allow her to lead the way. And that's what we need to be doing. And a lot of people are not gonna be able to kind of make that switch unless they have gone through the journey of finding, knowing and aligning with and finally surrendering to the
0: divine. So uh, outline for us the uh first three stages of the spiritual journey and give us a little explanation of each.
1: Sure. I mean as you as we talked before, th- there's there's that self that is in existence, right? And that's you and me. And we've got this beautiful individuation. That's that's the soul. And it, it has qualities and it has ways it wants to exist in the world and it has things that it wants to express with, um, you know, your gifts and talents and your passions in life. And it also wants to live uh, by its values. And when we say values, we don't really mean um, the ethical values. We really mean whatever you value in life. Do you value joy? Do you value um, adventure? Whatever you value. Um, And then the third need of our soul is basically um, the need to find and connect a source. So the spiritual journey is instigated by the spiritual self that wants to have an understanding of life. It wants to have a spiritual context. And so the the first stage is finding sources, basically where you start the the journey of inquiring and finding those questions. Is there a God or is there not a God? And I kind of guide you through the process of how do you verify what is true? And, and we really get into science here. We get into consciousness and understanding what resonance means and how our mind and heart are connected to be able to really know for yourself. Because there's, no, there's not going to be a book that's going to come out the sky and say, Phil, this is the answer to life's que- biggest questions. You follow that and you'll be fine, right? It's not going to happen in the moment. It, it might have happened in, you know, through the prophets, but it's not going to happen in the moment as you ask these questions. Um, and so the, the inquiry process is essential for every human being to be able to understand what it means to ask questions and how to find those answers for yourself. And once you kind of started to form an understanding that is of your own doing and of your own making, you start to move into knowing, getting to know God. How do you know God? Through his creation and and through the universe, the vast universe, as you can see. A lot of people are in awe of this creation, but they really sometimes have not connected the dots. They have not made the connection to the grand creator. Um, And so that connection needs to happen at some point for them to move into the next stage, which is to align to source. And aligning to source means it's a state of kind of prayer and surrender and to pray to God and really have that beautiful conversation with the divine. And then moving into surrender is basically saying, you know, I am yours and and my life is for you. And to let go of any of these worries and any of these things that kind of cripple us in everyday life. You wake up in the morning you say, I surrender the day to you. Please help me make the best of this. Um, it's a state of being. It's a state of, you know, um, really enjoyment of communion with the divine.
0: Iman, thank you for that. Um, you mention uh, God, and you refer to God in as He and Him. Is that a figure of speech to you, or do you uh, think of God in masculine as a masculine entity?
1: No, it's a figure of speech. I do talk about it in the book saying that, you know, it's interesting how people think it might be he or she. That's very limited thinking because he and she, when they collide, they create life, right? So in their collision, they create life. But God doesn't need that because he's creator of life. He's a source of life. So there is no gender related to God. And that's how I see it.
0: Um, And you also mentioned prayer. So let's clarify that. Um, when you do you pray on a regular basis, and do you do traditional Islamic uh, types of prayer, or do you also do other kinds of prayer, and what do you mean by it?
1: Yeah, um, I do traditional Islamic prayer. It's it's my kind of gateway to God. That's mm. how I find him on a daily basis, five times a day. Um, And I don't do other forms of prayer except that you you have to recite your prayers. Uh, It's also part of the Islamic tradition. What is interesting is that a lot of people think that prayer is asking God for what you want, but it really isn't. Prayer is is three things. Prayer is basically probably asking for what you want is one thing. Um, It could be acting, and an action that you take out of the goodness of your heart is another form of prayer. And it could be uh, praising the divine, another element of prayer that not so many people do, which is to praise God and His His um, His presence and His qualities. That's another form of prayer.
0: Good. So, so there are many forms of prayer, and um, you encourage people to find the ways that work best for them. Right. When. Um, you talk about surrender, do people sort of, is there a natural resistance to the word? Because in English at least, or in our culture <laughs> here, when you hear the word surrender, it, you're sort of giving something up. You're, <laughs> you're yeah. turning yourself over. You're giving up your will and your freedom and you're uh, acquiescing to some somebody who presumably, or something that, uh, you know, have some power. unseen, <laughs> yeah, or, or seen. Uh, you know, you surrender to the uh, to the other side in the war. Um, so there might be some natural resistance to the words. Can you say a little bit more about um, what is being given up, if anything, in the act of surrender?
1: Sure.
0: And why that's do you? that's a very call very good question.
1: Art? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um... It's an art because it requires you to, to really go deep into your soul mm. to help her do the thing of surrender, right? It's an art because there is a, a, a self inside of you that really truly longs to be in the presence of the sacred. And so to ha- have her be present and to have that element inside of you be present and open up in moments of crisis and open up in moments of distress. That's what you're looking for is when she peeks through and she says, you know what, this is outside of the limits of my own limits and this is outside of my ability and my resources. And so I hand this over to you, please help me God, right? And that's just talking about a moment in which we are like broken down, in which things aren't working. Um, it also happens in days when you're just going about your day and you are already have surrendered yourself and your purpose and your presence to God, right? Mm-hmm. And so surrender is basically about giving over. It's not about, you know, giving up per se, and to me, it's, it's, a lot of people think of it as a passive way of being, but in, in, in all reality and actuality, is actually it's very active. So to me, when I'm in a state of surrender, I've got my visions, I've got my dreams uh, laid out, I've got my goals, I've got everything active. So everything is in my consciousness, as, I, as it is in my consciousness. I'm also in a state of prayer to get that into reality. And I'm also connecting to God and handing it over because I don't see God sees, right? I cannot do God can. And, and, and people are just basically tools and mirrors that come across my way. And so God mobilizes everything and he takes care of it all. So my role would be to be in, in his presence and allow for, you know, for, through prayer, allow for the, the unfoldment of my goals to be in place. That's all being, and that's why it's called an art because you really need to be sensing and feeling all the time.
0: Imam, one of the uh, subheads in your first chapter uh, caught my attention. It, mm-hmm. you, you call it the illusion of control. Uh, yeah, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I mean, if if I say, Phil, call me, you'll call me, right? So you, we, we have a sphere of influence. If I say I'm, I'm going to go to the grocery store, I do go to the grocery store. If I, cu- I want to cut my hair, I cut my hair. It doesn't matter, right? So that sense of having a bit of well power in our hands and the ability to manipulate and use resources on this planet and really change and make an effect have made us feel like we are it. This is it. And it had made us feel like, you know, there's nothing beyond that. But when we know, we know when crises happen, we know there are limitations. And we understand that whatever resources that we have and whatever we're doing with our willpower is inherently limited, right? And so we know that It's an illusion to feel like you are in control of every single thing or every every single element and aspect of your life. There is a hidden and then there is a scene in which you are able to kind of, um, what should I say, navigate between. And so through surrender, you're able to get on the hidden side of of your life, which you don't know about, but God has a preview of that. And and then there is a physical manipulation that you do on a daily basis whatever that might be you
0: know what do you mean by physical manipulation you mean just going about life and
1: going about your life and yeah. and doing whatever you need to be doing
0: and at, at a certain point in the book you make a point of um, saying uh, one of the uh, sources of illusion of control is to this notion that's or sort of Rampant in certain circles that uh, we have all the answers within us and um, You make a point of saying that we we need to seek wisdom outside of ourselves as well as within Um, and what um, What sources of wisdom outside of ourselves? Would you uh, point people to would you recommend to people other than your own book? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's hard, Phil, to point people in any direction because I don't know their lives and which direction they want to take mm-hmm. and what kind of wisdom they're after. So what I want them to do is trust their own uh, judgment, to trust their own ability to make a pure um, connection with their soul that will lead them in that sense. Because we all know what is true and what is false at a fundamental level. As human beings, we are equipped with the ability to kind of understand what, if something is true or if something is false. But some people don't get to the level of really asking those questions. And this is, to me, is the art of spiritual inquiry, where you ask those questions, is this really true? What about this? How about this possibility? An inquiry is essential for you to be able to have a better understanding of, of your spiritual context.
0: Iman, um, I'm, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, oh. your, um, your story as it unfolded uh, after you set out on your quest mm-hmm. uh, is, is a fascinating one. Um, I'm curious whether your experience of the uh, five times daily prayer that mm-hmm. is customary in Islam, how that might have changed, how different is it? Now, after you've gone through all this inquiry and all the searching and, uh, uh, you know, to the point of, 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 you know, writing a very well-organized, more than 300-page book, um, how is your actual experience different, if it is, from what it was before?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a way, way different than it used to be. So before it was pretty much um, habitual in nature. Mm-hmm. You gotta pray, you gotta pray, so you get up and pray. Now it's it comes from a completely different place of really desiring to connect to God, and to stand before Him and really recite the prayers as recited to Him by Prophet Muhammad. Um, as recited to the Prophet Muhammad. And and so to me, it's a great joy to be in that state and in that place. And it brings a lot of peace and calm to my heart. So, yeah, I I would never miss a prayer.
0: And so in in Abu Dhabi, Mm -hmm. when you're out and about doing what you do, um, is it like in other uh, Islamic cultures where uh, you may not be aware of what time it is and everything, and you hear the call to prayer. Mm-hmm. What is When you hear that, and maybe you're you know, drinking tea or you're working or you're with your children or whatever, what is triggered in you when you hear the call to prayer?
1: Well, what's triggered to me is, is a God that is calling us to be in his presence, right? Um, so the way life is organized here is around the five prayers, everything, like I'll see you after prayer or we'll do this after prayer and and we we would talk in these terms Mm. and so life is is naturally organized in a Muslim country around the five prayers, um, so everything is kind of, they are the milestones throughout the day, everybody knows what to do after the prayers. which is a beautiful thing because they're like the pillars, the spiritual pillars of a society, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that anchors us. Um, so to me, when, when, when we're out and about, we hear the, t- the, the call to prayer, there are always mosques around the corner. And so we just, you know, join the groups and we pray with them and then come out. So there's that communal prayer as well
0: mm-hmm. that
1: happens on a daily basis. So it's a beautiful thing.
0: Um, I, I we should remind our listeners that uh, my own curiosity has uh, led me to ask you questions about the culture you're in and the uh, the uh, tradition of Islam. But your book is really an all-purpose book for anybody on any path. <laughs> it's very little right. in it is explicitly Islam, and um, I find that fascinating. Uh, that uh, you seem to have uh, discovered uh, a sort of uh, universal approach to spirituality even while living in uh, a very traditional culture in many ways. Um, Did that come as a surprise to you?
1: Yeah, sort of. Sort of, yeah. But, I mean, what I appeal, what I was... (laughs) Passionate about is really to grab the human soul and have a conversation with her Mm. Um, and really have that call to say, Where are you from yourself? And where are you from your connection to your creator? And where are you from your connection to nature? It's all about those connections to ourselves, to God, and to nature. Once, because I talk about how disconnection is a beast that is eating us all up inside. And that's what you see out out in the world right now in terms of the crisis we live in and polarization and the hate speech and everything you're seeing people who are pretty much disconnected from themselves, from their true selves and from God, and God who represents you know the ethical, represent the the moral, represents everything that is good right and you're seeing people connected disconnected from nature in which we are trying to de- starting to destroy it rather than bring to it and, and make it flourish and thrive. So, yeah, it's a sad reality to witness, to be honest.
0: Well, um, I hate to end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But um, give us, uh, uh, a, 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 as a sort of parting word, anything, uh, final message you'd like to leave with our listeners.
1: Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say, you know, find yourself Finding yourself is the best remedy to kind of starting a life of, of joy, happiness, and, and real lasting contentment. So find yourself, and, and yourself will find God, and will find nature, and will find everything. So, yeah.
0: Very good. And the book, again, is The Art of Surrender, A Practical Guide to Enlightened Happiness and Well-Being. Iman, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure.
1: Likewise. Thank you for having me, Phil. Have a great Take
0: care. day.